often been said that the Christian has three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And those elements are opposite of the will of God for our lives. See, the world, the flesh, and the devil, they aren't pure. They're impure. They are not holy. They are unholy. They are not good. They are bad. Every mother's son born into this planet is born a sinner. And the way that the world does things, and the way that our flesh wants to do things, and the way that the devil operates is certainly opposite of the way God operates. And when we go to the cross, and we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin with him there, and we are risen to a newness of life, praise God. We have the joy and we have the glory and we have the victory, but the world and the flesh and the devil does not understand us. And there is a persecution that comes. There's a friction that comes. There's a, a misunderstanding. Just all of these things that we've been talking about. It's not that God puts it on us. He doesn't. But we choose to take up our cross to live the life of Christ. But if we're going to live his life, then we have to die his death to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Once we understand that, we can see this picture more clearly as to why some of these things come into our lives. But I want to tell you something. The cross is also a place of submission. One of the things that you and I, mankind, humanity, has inherited from Adam is a free will. And that will is strong. We want to have our own way. We want to go where we want to go. We want to be what we want to be. We want to do what we want to do. We want to say what we want to say. Calvary, on the other hand, is a place of submission. Calvary is a place where we must say, not my will, but thine be done, O Lord. Calvary is the place where we submit to the will of God. When we go to the cross, our will is no longer important. It's no longer important where we want to go, what we want to be, what we want to do, where we want to go, how we want to do. The only thing that's important is that Christ said, take up thy cross and follow me, and you'll be my disciple indeed. Calvary is a place where that strong will that we have inherited from Adam is nailed to a cross of Roman crucifixion if we would follow Christ, we must realize that our will is now His will. His will must become our will. His thoughts must become our thoughts. And our thoughts, His thoughts. Amen? The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And then it goes on to say there in Romans chapter 12, 
that our minds need to be renewed to the Word of God. That our, that our, our spirits born again, our mind must be renewed to think the way that God thinks. Our body must be presented as a living sacrifice. Where does that happen? It happens at the cross because the cross is a place of submission. And nextly, the cross is a place of sacrifice. The cross is a place of sacrifice. What does it mean to go to the cross? It'll mean sacrifice. Jesus, as the Lamb of God, was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament sacrifices. Amen? All of those sacrifices of the Old Covenant pointed forward to the time when the Son of God, hallelujah, would offer himself as the great and final sacrifice for the sins of mankind. It was at Calvary, upon the cross, that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his blood and his flesh for mankind. Following Christ in the truest sense involves sacrifice as well. Sacrifice is not normal for human beings. Man doesn't want to sacrifice anything. Hmm. Man is interested in man. Some people, all they think about is themselves. Self is interested in self. Flesh loves to pamper flesh. But taking up the cross demands sacrifice. Discipleship demands sacrifice. The sacrifice extends well beyond just the giving of our money, the giving of our energies, our time, whatever. If you and I today are to truly be Christ's disciples, this means placing our lives at his disposal. I want, I want that to sink in. You see, the Bible says that you are not your own, but you have been bought with a price, and that price was Calvary. That price was the cross. That price was the blood of of the Lord Jesus Christ and you were purchased with it and now God calls us to lay down our lives at the disposal of the master that he can send me where he wants to he can teach me what he wants me to learn he can put me out where he wants me to be for the advancement of his kingdom not my kingdom there's a lot of preachers running all over the world today building their own kingdom. There's a lot of preachers today that are so consumed in their own projects, in their own goals, in their own ambitions, that they can't even bother to give into anybody else's. That is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. That is not the spirit of the cross of sacrifice. Amen. We are called to be God's men. We are called to be God's men and women, boys and girls, not our own. 
And there's a scriptural principle there that, that uh, I often choose to call it the sacrifice bound to the altar or the surrender of the vision keeper. Because when we surrender that vision that God gave us back to God, the Holy Spirit breathes life upon it. Amen? And our visions will come to pass, but God is the one responsible for bringing them to pass, and God is the one whom we serve, and the kingdom of God is the kingdom that we are to build, and we are to sacrifice all else. All else. Our lives, our dispositions, our attitudes belong to him. Glory be to his name forever. Sacrifice, this, this principle of sacrifice is the surrender of our lives to God. And this is basic to discipleship. There can be no following Christ without this. There can be no true walking with God without this. Those who would take up the cross to follow Christ must be willing to sacrifice themselves completely to him. The cross is also a place of death. Most of us would agree that, the that Calvary, the cross, is a place of separation, of desertion, of misunderstanding, of ridicule, of humiliation, of submission and sacrifice. But ultimately, Calvary is also a place of death. It was at Calvary that Christ died. It was at Calvary that his flesh was torn and his blood was spilled. It is at Calvary that the perfect life was cut off so that the imperfect could have eternal life. Do you see in your heart of hearts, in your spirit today, what Jesus did for you? Let me tell you, you and I, how do I put this into words? You and I are so unworthy. There's a song that says, unworthy of the blood, unworthy of the blood. You and I are so unworthy. Every single one of us have sinned, and we haven't only just sinned some little mendacity, some little bitty thing, insignificant. We have sinned. We have hurt people. We have cursed people. We have robbed. We have lied. We have stolen. We've, we've sinned. The very act of anger and hatred that resides inside of a human at times we have murdered think of it every one of us don't sit there and look at me like you're so holy that you've never sinned and, and done these things which I'm telling you about some of us when we came to Christ we were on drugs we were on alcohol some when they come to Christ they were wife beaters they were adulterers they were child abusers some, when they came to Christ, they were prostitutes and harlots. Some, when they came to Christ, they were guilty of murder. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But wait a minute. Do not you understand what Jesus did for you? Don't you understand? Jesus, the perfect one. Jesus, God, manifested in human flesh. 
hung there and bled and died on the cross of Calvary so that you and I, imperfect, wicked, sinful humanity, could be saved and redeemed, not only from the penalty of our sin, but from the grip of it as well. Hallelujah to God forever. Oh, I thank God that the cross was a place of death. Not only did Jesus die there for the sins of humanity, but we die to sin. If you'll read Romans chapter 6, you'll find out that we are told to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. How? Because, now listen, in the mind of God, when Christ was hanging on that cross, we were there with Him. Did you hear me? When Jesus died, we died. When Jesus was buried, we were buried. And glory be to God, when Jesus rose from the dead, we rose with Him in the mind of God into newness of life. Hallelujah. Today we can live life. We don't have to be trapped in the bondage of sin and wickedness and evil. But we can live abundant life in Christ if we will identify ourselves with the cross. Amen. Identifying ourselves with the cross. I'm so glad. For Jesus, the cross meant death, and for his disciples, it can mean no less. As sons of Adam, we are inherently evil. It's our nature. Nothing that we can do can change that on our own. I mean, a dog's always a dog, isn't he? Amen. We can bathe him and dress him up nice, but he's still a dog. He didn't do anything to become a dog. He was simply born a dog. You follow me now. So it is with the sons of Adam. We're sinners. We did nothing to become sinners. We were born that way. Or we sinned plenty. We, we did plenty of sins, but that's not what made us sinners. We were born sinners, and because we were born sinners, we sinned. We can bathe ourselves. We can dress ourselves in robes of religion. We can uh, sit down at the table of God's blessings and call ourselves children of God, but we are still sinners. We have been sinners from the moment we were born, and, in, and we will be until the moment that we die. And this is precisely why the cross is a necessity. When Jesus went to Calvary, he went there for us. He bore in his own body our sins so that we might bear his righteousness. In a way that we could hardly understand, God placed all of our sins upon Christ. So that the death of Christ becomes our death. The payment that Christ made becomes our payment. 
we're sinners. But, but according or in the mind of God, we died with Christ. We're sinners until our death. But in Christ, our death has already been accomplished. Our old Adamic nature has been crucified with Christ. What we could never do by cleansing ourselves or clothing ourselves or behaving in a certain way or even by calling ourselves a certain name, you know. I'm a Christian. Christ accomplished for us by dying on the cross. And so you see that the cross is a place of death. The cross also, thank God, is a finished work. I want to say that again. And this is where, beloved child of God today, this is where we need to place our faith. The cross is a finished work. We need, and, and I briefly alluded to it a while ago, the double curse and the double cure. We need to understand that there are two aspects to the work of the cross. First of all, there is the work that Christ accomplished for us once and for all. And secondly, there is the work that he still accomplishes in us on an everyday basis. On an everyday basis. Now, I want to say this, and I want you to hear me with spiritual ears. I don't want you to misunderstand me. But the work that Christ accomplished on the cross, relative to the paying of the sin debt, the breaking of the sin grip, the enablement to live holy lives of righteousness in God, the work that Jesus accomplished is all that is needed. And we, even as the church, need to add nothing to it. Nothing. Calvary was enough. Calvary was enough to save every human being on the face of the earth. Calvary was enough to heal every human being on the face of the earth. Calvary was enough to bring all prosperity to this place. Calvary was enough to deliver every single human from every single bondage of Satan once and for all. And no pitiful little thing that we can do can add anything to it. What Jesus did was enough. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We need, you know, listen to me, beloved Christian. We need to simply learn once again to trust Him. We need to go back to faith 101 and rediscover what faith really means. And faith is not a formula. And it's not step A, B, C, and D. And faith is not uh, magic words that we can say. Faith looks to the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. That is faith. Faith makes that decision to go to the cross with Christ. 
to reckon ourselves to be dead with him and alive with him. Glory be to God. That is faith. We need, in the body of Christ, in the church today, we need to rediscover faith. We have made faith far too complicated. And actually, in the process of doing that, we have diminished the cross. Oh, church, let us return to Calvary. Let us return today to the cross. And there we will find total victory. Glory be to God, we will find total deliverance, total restoration, total healing, total prosperity. We'll find it at the cross. Hallelujah to God forevermore. Because you see, the cross is a finished, completed work. You and I cannot add one measly little old thing to what Jesus has already done. And to, to try to do so is an insult to Almighty God. It's an insult to the precious shed blood of Christ. For you and I to try to trust in... You know, there's people doing it in the church. There's, there's people that are trusting Jesus and the Lord's Supper. And that's somehow going to make them more holy and more saved. There are those in the church world today who is trusting Christ and water baptism. Or they're trusting Christ and speaking in tongues. Or they're 